Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game, headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. Live on tape from the Ed Sullivan Theater in New York City, it's Stephen Colbert! My goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my friend. Please have a seat. Please have a seat, all my friends. Welcome, welcome to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. First of all, there it is. There you are. Happy, happy, happy to everyone. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It is a day. Yes. It's a day in which we all celebrate Dr. King's legacy by taking his words out of context to make it look like he agrees with whatever we're saying. <laughs> As King himself said, you're right, Stephen. <laughs> the U.S. Senate is marking Dr. King's birthday by doing what they do best, nothing. <laughs> Democrats hope to spend the holiday passing much-needed voting rights legislation. To do that, they have to modify the filibuster. But that dream died last week, thanks to Arizona Senator and Mrs. Hamburglar... Kirsten Cinema. Last week, Senator Cinema took to the Senate floor to announce that while she values voting, the filibuster is her first love. While I continue to support these bills, I will not support separate actions that worsen the underlying disease of division infecting our country. What is the legislative filibuster other than a tool? that requires new federal policy to be broadly supported by senators, representing a broader cross-section of Americans. No. No. <laughs> Not representing a broader cross-section of Americans. The 50 senators who are currently filibustering the voting rights bill represent 41 million fewer Americans than the senators who support it. Stop acting like the filibuster is anything other... Stop acting like the filibuster is anything other than an anti-democratic tool, which is also a pretty good description of Kirsten Cinema. <laughs> and for the record, for the record, this is what Martin Luther King said about voting rights and the filibuster. I think the vast majority of people in the United States would vote favorably for such a bill. I think the tragedy is that uh, we have a Congress uh, with a Senate that has a minority of misguided senators who will use the filibuster to keep the majority of people from even voting. They won't let the majority senators vote. And certainly they wouldn't want the majority of people to vote because they know they do not represent the majority of the American people. In fact, they represent in their own states a very small minority. The sad thing is... The sad thing is, Dr. King could make the exact same statement today, and it would be just as relevant 
as long as he mentioned Wordle. <laughs> Senate Democrats and the president met to try to get Cinema and her obstruction and buddy, Joe Manchin, on board, but afterwards, Biden didn't sound too optimistic. Don't ask questions about complicated subjects like, can you get this done? I hope we can get this done. The honest-to-God answer is, I don't know whether we can get this done. Is this mic on? Oh, no. Oh. Oh, no. That is the weakest I've seen a president look since JFK's inaugural. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask, can your country do anything? The honest-to-God answer is, I don't know. Is this thing on? Hello? Where am I? Who am I? Marilyn, heat up the tub. I'm coming home. Now, another person. That's not, who doesn't like a bath? It was very cold. Yeah, it was cold. You could see the cold coming out of his mouth. Mm. Another person who has a strange way of celebrating Martin Luther King Day is incoming Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, seen here after being... seen here after being sworn in as the Penguin. On his first day in office, Young consigned 11 executive actions, including one ending critical race theory in Virginia schools, which, for the record, is not taught in Virginia schools. <laughs> but that Young categorizes as any school lessons that define racism as an institutional problem deeply embedded in American society. So, history class. <laughs> After signing it, Young returned to the executive mansion in Richmond that was built in 1813 by... <laughs> okay. The next day... The next day, Youngkin headed over to Fox News Sunday and used Martin Luther King to defend his anti-knowledge agenda. And the immortal words of Dr. Martin Luther King ring in our ears that we must judge one another by the content of our character and not the color of our skin. But this is what will be the founding principle of our executive order, what we're going to do in Virginia schools. You think Martin Luther King's message to America is don't teach children about racism? Let's see if he agrees. King said, whites, it must frankly be said, are not putting in a similar mass effort to re-educate themselves out of their racial ignorance. It is an aspect of their sense of superiority that the white people of America believe they have so little to learn. Wow. That, you know what that sounds like? You know what that sounds like? That sounds a lot like critical race theory. Glenn Youngkin should stop them from teaching about that guy in Virginia schools. But it's not just your votes Republicans don't want you to count. It's also you. We just found out the census officials wrote a memo in 2020 complaining of unprecedented meddling by the former president's administration in the 2020 census. Well, it makes sense. That last guy didn't like counting anything. COVID infections, <laughs> pounds on a scale, <laughs> Eric as his son. <laughs> the memo, this, uh, this memo dates from the fall of 2020 when the administration was pressing the Census Bureau to end the count weeks early. If you end a count weeks early, you're not doing a census. Thank God these people were never in charge of a field trip. Okay, is everyone back on the bus? One, two, board of counting, floor it. <laughs> Fine. Shush. I'm drinking. Quiet. 
but it wasn't just moving up the deadline. The administration was adamant that, for the first time ever, the Bureau separately tallied the number of undocumented immigrants in each state and had a far-reaching plan to scour billions of government records for hints of foreigners living here, illegally or not. Ooh, sounds like somebody was in the market for a fourth wife. <laughs> but here's the thing. They didn't want to add those immigrants to the census. They wanted to exclude them leaving an older and wider population base in states with large immigrant populations, something that was presumed to work to Republican advantage. Exclude immigrants and include as many older white Americans as possible? It's a process that wedding bands refer to as playing a Billy Joel song. <laughs> Slow down, you crazy child. You're so ambitious for her. I love Billy Joel. I love Billy Joel. The Census Bureau pushed back hard to the point where one expert said their efforts to protect the integrity of the census operations were nothing short of heroic. Yes, America was saved by the latest superhero addition to the MCU, Census Man. <laughs> he was a normal father of three <laughs> until bitten by a radioactive accountant. <laughs> Speaking of bureaucrats, the CDC updated their COVID guidance to suggest that schools cancel football and ban. But without football and band, how will our kids learn the lessons you can only get from a football player stuffing you into a cello case? <laughs> so far, schools have resisted the guidelines, saying that they are unrealistic. According to one former CDC advisor, you've got nerds, literally science nerds, who are writing these things. <laughs> also explains the guidance from the website, avoid high-risk activities such as eye contact with the pretty girls, Questions about the game last night and any classroom situation in which your boner might be visible through your dockers. You can't... That's a brand name. Capital D on that dockers. TM. TM. And you can't blame the CDC for being careful, though. We're learning more about long-term COVID effects, and they're not good. For instance, scientists have determined that COVID dick is real. Yes. But he prefers to be called Ron DeSantis. Thank you. Oh! Thank you. <laughs> wow. I reprobed you. I rebooted you. Yeah, that was... I, rebo I rebooted you with that, that joke. <laughs> A study from November found that men who caught COVID were about three times as likely to develop a new case of erectile dysfunction as those who didn't. Okay, one question. Uh, can I get a few more boosters just to be safe? <laughs> Do they have a Pfizer ID? Should my penis be wearing a mask? Just best practices is all I want to know. Luckily, the condition doesn't appear to affect a huge proportion of men. Okay, not great for people trying to comfort a struggling partner. Don't worry, darling. This happens to every... Well, actually, it happens to almost no one. <laughs> this is really just you. <laughs> Thankfully... Male sexual issues caused by COVID can be treated, according to one urologist. All it takes is penile rehab. <laughs> and to get the penis to realize it has a problem, <laughs> you might need penile intervention. Dear penis, it makes me sad to see you laying around doing nothing. I want to get you help so that one day together we can get back to hearing that beautiful sound. Boing! <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Up next, the latest dating trends. Explained.
Enjoying this episode of The Late Show Pod Show? Then head to cohst.app slash late show or visit the link in the description to fill out our quick two-minute survey all about getting to know you. I'm good. I'm optimistic. You're optimistic? I'm optimistic. Oh, I really like that. Hit, hit, give me a hit of that optimism. You know, you got to stay optimistic because when you're in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, baby. For that Rod and I staff, they comfort me. Hello! Yeah, exactly. There you go. That's nice. I, I tell you, I'm feeling pretty good because I have a family at home again. Because... Oh. Uh, uh, my my youngest son, yeah. who's home from college, he was off with some friends this week. Yeah. Um, and Evie has been in South Carolina with her folks. So all this past week, it was just me and the dog. Oh. You know? Yeah. And that is, and, and, uh, which is lovely. Yeah. Lovely. But I, I like people. I get lonely. Yes. Yes, I get lonely. You like your family. I do. I can only watch. <laughs> I can only watch John Carpenter's The Thing so many times. Right. Right. Which is my feel good. Which yeah. Is, yeah. Which is my feel good thing. I've done a lot of cooking. Oh, yeah, I heard oh, about God. the bolognese. Oh, you heard of the bolognese sauce, yeah. I gotta get that some. That was pretty good. I, I miso glazed some cod last night. Ooh. Damn, son. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> With some morels. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, John, in my hand, speaking, oh. of, speaking of optimism, we have an optimist on the show tonight. Oh, yeah. Our, our friend, Senator Elizabeth Warren, That's is right. here tonight. Come on. I'm on this straight to this, man. Optimus So here's the dealio. Here's the dealio is that she is how many times? This nine? This is the ninth time she's been on the show. Those are some those are some John Oliver yeah. Neil Tyson numbers yeah, up, right there. up there. She's putting some points on the board. I really look forward to talking to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what I'm really looking forward to? No more COVID, John. Yeah, I, and, I can't wait for that day. Yeah. And here here's the thing. I can't wait for that day. Looking forward to it. You know, a, a part of our job out here is to honestly, emotionally respond to what's going on in the world. And sometimes maybe my emotional response isn't the right one. Mm. I'll say that, but I don't want to lie to anybody out there. And I'm here to say that the CDC announced recently that we should look out for, be on the lookout for more troubling variants in the future. Mm. And to which I said, uh, no. <laughs> this is yeah. my last variant. Omicron. Yeah. He's yeah. my last variant. I've been a very good boy. Yes. <laughs> I've done everything I've been told to do. And there are going to be other variants. I'm not saying you can't have them. You can find them. Don't tell me about them. Yeah. yeah. Just say Omicron's continuing. Okay? Because if you give me a break, it's like a commercial break. Yes. That's why like, we like to do really long acts on this show. Because if you come to a commercial break, that's an off-ramp. So we'll go, oh, I'll see what else is on. Right. No. No. If you tell me Omicron ends, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm off the bus yeah. right here. And if another variant comes in, I may not respond in a positive way, in the right way to the next variant. I'll do anything you tell me to do. Just don't tell me that there's another. Yes. Just yes. extend the one we're in right now and mm-hmm. lie to me is what I'm asking. <laughs> I'm asking yep. scientists to do yes. the right thing. Yes. And lie to me. I'm with you, 100%. Yeah, that's what I was saying, right? That was basically what I was saying in the elevator ride down here, wasn't I? And I said, I can't say that. And you went, sure you can. <laughs> it's my show. My name's on the outside of the building. <laughs> pa- oh, and you know what? I'm, you know something? We have a... We have a <laughs> he said to me, hey, mention the podcast. He said, mention the podcast just now. And you also said on the elevator, I said, well, I want to talk about this other thing, about how I'm done with 
Omicron. Like, as long as you mention the podcast, that's all that matters. John, we have a podcast. Oh, yeah. I, I knew that. Right. Yeah. And in the podcast, which is one of the most popular podcasts out there, they tell me, mm-hmm. we also, we have the entire audio of this show. So it's yes. everything you love about the show and a little less. <laughs> and because there's no visuals, you can't see the moneymaker here. And, but there are things that show up in the podcast that aren't in the show. Mm-hmm. For instance, what I just said about me not being good about the next variant, Very, yeah. probably not in this show. But the podcast. But, but probably the podcast. in the podcast. That's right, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why so maybe, let's do that. Let's take that out so people go, what did he say about the variants? You'll have to go to the podcast to find out what yeah. I said. Yeah. <laughs> okay, TCBing it. I'm hey, TCBing hey, it right Shelly. there. Shelly. Driving Shelly. tune in. <laughs> Folks. If you know one thing about me, you know that I love loving love. In fact, sometimes I feel like love is all you need. I just made that up. (laughs) But these days, these days, romance is constantly evolving with new terms for hard-to-understand modern relationships emerging at a blistering pace. And I'd like to tell you about them in my recurring segment. Romansplaining with Stephen Colbert. I don't know what's going on exactly. <laughs> First up on the Love Fest, experts tell us that the hot new relationship term is outer course, which I first assumed was when a baseball game gets so boring the outfielders start dry humping their glove. <laughs> but outer course is apparently a catch all term for forms of non penetrative sex. And it's supposed to blow up this year, as one expert put it. You've heard of intercourse? Now it's time to acquaint yourself with its not so distant cousin. Because nothing says sexy like acquainting yourself with a not so distant cousin. <laughs> Next up, weddings are dangerous. Next up in the tunnel of love is the exciting new term, wander love, which is essentially code for holiday romance, such as a tryst on the beach blossoming into a relationship, as opposed to what a tryst on the beach usually blossoms into herpes. Also, sand in the crannies. (laughs) Another hot trend in dating is not dating at all. Apparently, many people are trying out being something they now call consciously single, because that sounds way better than involuntarily undateable. (laughs) Being consciously single means embracing the perks of not having a significant other. The biggest perk? pressing play next episode and not having it play episode eight for some reason. I thought we were watching Yellow Jackets together, honey. (laughs) Finally, those looking for love might be interested in untyping, which means letting go of your type for 2022, a move perhaps inspired by Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. (laughs) Makes sense. It makes sense. Because at this rate, by the end of 2022, every one of us will have dated Pete Davidson. (laughs) Of course, there are many other kinds of relationships out there that have no name yet. Tonight, I romansplain them to you. First up, if you're not ready for outer course, try intracourse, which is when you... I just remembered where this joke is going. (laughs) Intracourse, which is when you get it on with your entire intramural softball league. (laughs) In this game, all the balls are foul. (laughs) 
And if Wanderlove isn't for you, try Wandalove, which is when you have a nice candlelit dinner with Wanda Sykes. Doesn't have to get physical. She's just a delightful conversationalist. And if you're not interested in being consciously single, why not try being unconsciously uncoupled? Which is when your partner divorces you while you're in a coma. <laughs> Abandonment, not your cup of tea? No problem. Try a fleesome, which is when you and your partner want to spice things up in bed, so you invite the bassist from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> if you like the way he slaps that bass, wait till you see how he taps that ass. <laughs> That's it for Romance Planning with Stephen Colbert. That's me. Join me next time when I give you 10 tips that will drive him crazy in bed. Number one, sprinkle his pillow with mercury. Coming up, Senator Elizabeth Warren. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome back, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest tonight is a two-term U.S. senator from the great state of Massachusetts and a former presidential candidate. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Senator Elizabeth Warren. It's, it's nice to see you again. It's, it's always a shot in the you. arm to have you here. You bet I'll shoot your arm anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, ready. Well, you and your husband, Bruce, yes. I just learned, got COVID in December. Yes. How, how did it feel and how are you doing? Look, I, I was kind of fluish for about a day and a half. And that's it. You I'm done. Bo- you boosted and everything? Yeah, because that's the deal. Is that that vaccine plus the booster means that when you get sick, you just get a little bit sick for most people. So everybody, get vaccinated, get your booster. Now, everybody here, everybody here is vaccinated. Good. That's that's uh, these uh, these are it getters right Good. here. Now, Good. How long? How long were you home? How long were you isolated? Oh, well, you have to isolate back then for yeah. ten days ten before days. they changed right. to five. Bailey must have been happy to have you guys around you know, the whole time. Bailey um, wants us there 24-7 at his beck and call. And the parts he didn't like was that we couldn't take him everywhere where he likes to go, but we could take him outside for good walks. Bailey is, uh, you know, he's a dog who has certain expectations. Has he stolen stolen any burritos recently? Oh. Because he's a burrito thief. We learned this from the campaign He actually is. And we try to keep burritos. We try to keep our house as a burrito-free zone. Uh, because of Bailey. Exactly. You don't want to tempt him. That's exactly right. Okay. Now, let's talk about the Voting Rights Act uh, that's going to come up before uh, the Senate tomorrow? Yeah. Tomorrow? Okay. In 1957, mm-hmm. uh, Martin Luther King Jr. called voter restrictions, quote, a tragic betrayal of the highest mandates of our democratic tradition. And then tomorrow you'll vote on the Freedom to Vote, the John R. Lewis Act. What is it? And how did we get back here that we need it? Okay. So when Dr. King spoke, uh, it was truly the case that because of restrictive state laws, 
that principally African Americans were denied the opportunity to vote. Uh, some other groups were kept out, but that was the, the principal aim. And then in mid-1960s, passed the Voting Rights Act, and it opened up opportunities for more American citizens to vote. Uh, and voting increased over time. And frankly, that's where we would have left everything. But then, an extremist United States Supreme Court a few years ago gutted the Voting Rights Act, but that all by itself just opened the door to restricting voting. Donald Trump, uh, when he lost the election, he took millions of people down the dark hole of the big lie. And now we've got Republican state legislatures all around this country who are just trying to outdo each other to keep people of color from voting, to keep African-Americans from voting, to keep Latinos from voting, to keep people who live on tribal lands from voting, to keep college students from voting. Anyone that they can identify that they think is likely to vote Democratic, they're doing everything they can to put restrictions in place so they won't be able to vote. Now, before, before the gutting of the Voting Rights Act by the Roberts Court, that all would have had to go through the Justice Department for those nine states That's that right. had historically passed the most of these. But now they can do it without review. Now they can just do it without review. That's exactly right. And boy, have they gotten it on. They are out there doing everything they can to keep people from voting, to keep those votes from being counted, and to gerrymander with such surgical precision that an ever-shrinking minority of Republicans will actually control not only the state legislature, but also seats in Congress and ultimately distort the election for president of the United States. Now, this past year was, uh, there were uh, 19 states that passed 34 laws, but it was already a problem before this latest crisis in the past year, yep. where, as you said, being led down a dark road on, yep. based on this big lie, uh, a little over a year ago, when I would, uh, had the opportunity to interview then-President-elect Biden, I, one of the things I asked him was, uh, in your legislative agenda, voting rights has to be first, right? right. Because everything else you want to do yeah. is for naught unless you get the voting rights first, because it'll just be reversed by the next person who comes in, because there won't be any actual Democratic representation of the American people if these voting restrictions go through. Why is it fourth or fifth? Why is it where it is? Because we don't have enough votes. And I, I, look, I, I wish it were otherwise. Here's the good news. We finally have 50, count them all 50, Democrats in the same place on what the voting rights protection should look like. And understand this, that part by itself was not easy. And part of the reason it was not easy is every time we think, okay, now we've got the things that you have to outlaw, the Republicans in some state would figure out something else you could do. Like, oh, if people are waiting in line for two hours in the hot sun in Georgia, let's make that illegal to give them a drink of water. So you had to keep changing the federal laws. But we finally got that bill in place. And here's the thing. When the Voting Rights Act passed originally, it was filibustered. It was hard fought. When it was re-upped in the late 90s, what we had was uh, 98 people right, in the United States Senate voted in favor of it. Now we have not one single Republican, not one, who will vote to protect the vote in America. So we've got 50 Democrats who say, then we're going to have to pick this up and do it by ourselves. That's the skinniest majority you can have, but we could do that. 
Vice President Harris can break the tie, we can make that happen, but we have stumbled on the filibuster. This rule that has its roots in racism as a way to try to block, it has historically been used to try to block civil rights legislation. And right now, we've got 50 Republicans all standing firm with that filibuster because it gives Mitch McConnell a veto. But we've also got two Democrats who are with him. And that means we can't change the rules. Well, but, but certainly, the, the, the existence of the filibuster is no surprise. And the, the you know, standing shoulder to shoulder by the Republicans is not necessar necessarily a surprise. If you know that the vote won't pass tomorrow, what is the purpose? What is the benefit of actually holding the vote? So I, I want to back up just a little bit. The fact that 50 Republicans will stand shoulder to shoulder, look you right in the eye and say, you know, it's just fine with me to keep people from going to the polls if they might vote Democratic. It's just fine with me to say that if a Republican legislature doesn't like the fact that people in their state voted majority Democratic, that nonetheless, they plan to keep control themselves and not count those votes. It's just fine with them to gerrymander so that a smaller and more extremist majority can continue to control over the uh, minority, can continue to control over the majority in this country. It is not something that we should just say, hey, that's okay. One of the two major political parties in America has now said that it is their policy to win by keeping American citizens from voting. And by we ought to put them on the record, make them vote on that, make a record of that, and hold them accountable in the next election. Enough. We have to take a quick break, uh, but stick around. When we come back, the senator and I will talk about the future or failure of the filibuster. Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more, and Late Show Pod Show listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. We're back with Senator Elizabeth Warren. Okay, so there are, again, these 34 states and, or these 19 states and these 34 uh, bills that have been passed. Um, uh, things are bad. Things were very bad in 1965. Yep. That vote happened in the wake of Bloody Sunday. Yep. Are things going to have to get much worse before they get any better? What is going to break, in your opinion, this um, uh, moral failing, this deadlock? I don't know, but let me put it this way. We may not be able to carry this vote tomorrow or on Wednesday, but if we don't carry it on Wednesday then we get back up on Thursday and get right back in the fight. And if we don't carry it on Thursday, then we get back in the fight on Friday, and we get back in the fight on Saturday, and we get back in the fight on Sunday. There is nothing we do as a democracy that is more important than guaranteeing that all American citizens have a right to vote and a right to have that vote counted. Mm -hmm. So here's the plan. 
We're going to vote. We're going to hold them to a vote. And we're going to stay after him. I mean, we're going to stay on him like a dog on a bone. We're just going to stay on this, stay on this, stay on like this. Like Bailey on a burrito. There you go. Bailey on a burrito. You totally have it. Are you in favor of... Are you in favor of getting rid of the filibuster or modifying the filibuster or turning the filibuster back into a true talking filibuster? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so I get rid of the filibuster altogether. I believe in majority rule. Hello. And look, that's what it's supposed to be about. The founders looked at the whole system and said, you know what? They considered uh, uh, doing a supermajority in the Senate, and they said, nah, they're not going to do that. Simple majority in the Senate. Get to talk, but simple majority. That's what I want to do, because it's a lot I want to be able to do. Understand this. Yes, it's about protecting the vote, but it's also about reforming our immigration system. It's also about gun safety. It's also about protecting our environment. If you actually want to use the federal government to to help make us build a better country, and you're not just there to try to cut taxes and appoint extremist judges, then you need to get rid of the filibuster and go by majority rule. So I want to get rid of the filibuster. That's part one. We have to take a quick break, but stick around. We'll be right back with more Senator Elizabeth Warren, everybody. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't get rid of the filibuster, what about, and just hear me out here and try to hear okay. this objectively. I'm ready. What if mm-hmm. we just get rid of the Senate? <laughs> and I'm 100% serious here. It is the most anti-democratic institution next to the judiciary because the judiciary is only the way it is because the the Senate Senate. is the way it is. No one would drop a single tear. You've already got tenure. You can go back to your old job. You'll be fine. (laughs) Spend more time with Bailey and Bruce, okay? I I don't understand what possible positive purpose the United States Senate provides right now. Wow. (laughs) Look... I hear you. <laughs> here's, here's what we provide, in theory, is that we are supposed to be the deliberative body. That was, the, that was what we envisioned. But so long as we are tangled in the filibuster, then we don't get to do what the founders envisioned that we would, and that is debate the big issues of the day and then vote on them when the debate is over and then vote on them. Instead, where we are now, is somebody just sends in, I'm filibustering that. And, and what happens is the, is the things that matter most in our country, the things that affect people right where they live, things that are popular with a lot of people. You know, we could be doing universal childcare right now, but we get tangled up in the filibuster. We could be doing um, 
uh, we could be doing a negotiation of prescription drugs and lowering the price of prescription drugs. We could be doing it right now. We could be changing the rules around this country. I said earlier about gun safety and saving lives right now. But on all of that, we not only don't get to do it at the end, we don't ever even get to have a debate around it. The filibuster keeps us from doing things that are supported by 70%, 80%, 90% of the American people. And that is fundamentally anti-democratic. So a Senate with a filibuster, it's a serious question. Why are we there? If, if the Republicans take control of the Senate in this next round or any, <sighs> any future round, uh -huh. I understand. Okay. I'm sorry, I just how would you up feel, a hairball. How would you feel about the filibuster then if you were on the sort of the business end of that? You know what? I'll put my money on democracy. If they have a majority... But it's not... So be but it. it's an anti-democratic institution. That's no, just if that's, 41 million I'm Americans saying, are represented more by, by your side than the Republicans, and yet they could get one more vote. But without the filibuster, think about it that way. Without the filibuster, they can't maintain that. If we protect voting and get rid of the filibuster, then it really is a question of what do the American people want. So here's the thing. 70% of Americans believe in the rule of Roe versus Wade. They want to protect Roe versus Wade. Let's put it to a vote. <laughs> Republicans want to vote no on that? Fine. I'm ready for the next election. And that's how it should be. If you believe in democracy, you believe in getting rid of the filibuster when you're in the majority, and you believe in getting rid of the filibuster when you're in the minority. I'm not there to say, by the filibuster, I want to protect myself. I'm there to say, this is how democracy is supposed to work. Protect the right of people to vote, and I'll take my chances. Every six years, every two years in the House, every four years in the White House, that's how democracy is supposed to work. Put these big issues up. Let's vote on them. Senator, you do it? good luck. Senator Elizabeth Warren, everybody. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Late Show Poncho listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com.